Welcome to the Tuesday, September 24th edition of the Win Sports Daily Podcast. This is Brandon C. Williams, and along with me, as usual, my tag team partner for this show, Antonio Dark Angeles. Week three is in the books, my friend. Uh, not an impressive performance by the Washington Redskins, as we will focus mostly on quarterbacks and then we'll touch on the waiver wire. But Interesting week for quarterbacks. I think, you know, the obvious uh, surprises were Daniel Jones in, in New York. Who knew? People are freaking out in New York over Daniel Jones right now. My Facebook feed is lit up with Giants fans proclaiming him the new Messiah. It's a little hard to take. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, it was a heck of a performance, uh, but the question is, you know, it, can this guy do it again? Uh, well, he I, he I, might be able to do it again versus the Redskins. Yeah. Oh, he obviously he, he probably will able will be able to do so. Uh, Three hundred thirty six yards, two touchdowns, no picks, four carries, twenty eight yards, and two touchdowns, including a game winner. Uh, and with Saquon Barkley out for up to eight weeks, the focus is going to be on Jones. And it looks like one week in, this kid's ready to go. He is. And, you know, that historic start kind of has to give him tons of confidence heading into his next week as a starter. Um, you know, it's one game, and, and the Bucks played terribly in the second half. But but that guy, you know, I don't, we're jumping ahead to, to waiver wire stuff. He's a priority ad in all 12-team formats. I mean, especially if you were a Drew Brees owner or a Big Ben owner, I mean, you've got to pick that guy up. Oh, without a doubt, uh, you, need to, you, you need to grab this guy now. And I don't think there's any question that when you look at the waiver wire, this guy's number one on the list. Not too far behind him, however, out in Carolina, you get uh, Josh, uh, you get Allen, uh, Kyle Allen, the former Texas A&M quarterback, right up the street from me. Heck of a performance. He throws four touchdown passes in a surprising Carolina win over over Arizona, and they've already announced that Cam Newton's not going to go next week, so it's Kyle Allen again. Yeah, um, the book on Allen was that he could pretty much make all the throws. So going into this week, I think he was a kind of a sneaky DFS play, and I hope some people took advantage of it because he was min-salary on DraftKings and I believe on FanDuel. Um, I didn't have as much exposure on FanDuel because he was so cheap on, on DraftKings. Uh, but, geez, what a performance. And uh, I think he's going to be solid again this week. Yeah, he was only six thousand dollars at FanDuel, four thousand dollars on uh, DraftKings. So if you rolled the dice on this guy, you and ended up with a pretty solid lineup stacked around him. You came out pretty well. Uh, it's a pretty impressive performance. Uh, the question is, obviously, is can he do it again? Uh, but when we go into Week Four coming up. Uh, obviously, you know, we'll focus on the main slate, and that takes away some good quarterback matchups. It does take away the Thursday nighter, Green Bay, Carson Wentz, and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Sunday nighter, you get a red hot Dak Prescott taking on the Saints. And uh, Monday night, I would not be too excited about the prospects of an Andy Dalton Mason Rudolph matchup. Uh, but Who's the one quarterback, looking looking right out of the game in week four, who's the one quarterback that you're most intrigued in watching? Uh, well, you know, I'm going to be spending up on Patrick Mahomes this week. 
after watching what he could do against a team like the Baltimore Ravens, I would imagine he's got six touchdown upside against Detroit. That's going to be a scary matchup. This thing's going to be in a dome stadium, too. I don't think that there's any question that yo know, he's going to rank very high as far as uh, usage is concerned in both FanDuel and uh, DraftKings going into the week. Uh, I'll tell you, a guy that I am interested uh, in taking a look at, I'm curious to see Jacoby Brissett. Three touchdown passes again. Uh, for Indianapolis in the win, uh, in the win against Atlanta on Sunday, and he gets a pretty suspect Raiders defense, and he gets them at home. Yeah, you pressured me last week into making one pick, one guy that I really liked for GPPs, and I named Jacoby Brissett. I wish I had said Kyle Allen, but Jacoby <laughs> Brissett was a pretty good was a pretty good one B. I mean, three touchdowns. He looked sharp. He doesn't look like a quarterback being thrust into a situation. He looks like a veteran quarterback. And I, I think that's I mean, that's what you need to do against the Raiders is kind of just go through your reads, do everything you need to do, make your make your play switches at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I'm I'm a little worried about TY Hilton that he's gonna because he it, I think he came out of the game again. Um, but he's got some pass receivers, he's got two really good tight ends. He could be, you know, a three touchdown a week guy. Yeah, and his uh, fantasy point per game production is, you know, has slowly climbed. Let me add a couple 16-point games uh, in weeks one and two, uh, pushed it up to 21 in week three. And there's a guy, 92 attempts, only one interception. Uh, and he's completing 72% of his passes. He's not flashy. You're not going to see him go up, uh, go up top often. Uh, but he has pretty much been a killer as far as the short intermediate stuff go. And again, against the Raiders, this is a guy that could possibly be a very good sleeper play. Um, yeah, the, go ahead. the Raiders have linebacker problems, too. And with all that complement of backs, and they're all pass-catching backs, they can all do it kind of, um, you know, in the receiving game as well as the running game. Uh, I think he's another great play this week. Oh, he is. Uh, he was uh, 6,800 at FanDuel, 5,200 at DraftKings. Figured that he will probably get a bit of a rise going into this week. Uh, if you had asked me in, uh, in week one, would I be concerned about Deshaun Watson taking on the Carolina Panthers in week four and putting him out there uh, in a GPP? Uh, I probably would have said I might be a bit hesitant. But after the way the Panthers have looked the first three games of the season, I don't think that there's any problem in putting uh, Deshaun Watson out there. I think that Houston kind of showed its identity in the win over Los Angeles on Sunday. They're going to throw the ball, and when you've got – uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, certainly you, you're seeing Kenny Stills become a big factor. Will Fuller still in the thick of things, but I think the thing that makes Deshaun Watson more dangerous now is the fact that he's utilizing his tight ends. Yeah, and Aikens really, uh, you know, a couple nice seam routes and big gains. So you could see Hopkins finally break through with a, an enormous uh, yardage total this week. Uh, yeah, so many good receivers there. We're still waiting for Will Fuller's two-touchdown game. You know that's coming. You know DeAndre Hopkins' second monster game in this season is coming. It could be this week against the Panthers. Yeah, and this is a Panthers team that looks like uh, they're maybe a game or two away from just really watching their season uh, go, and it will start making you wonder whether or not you know, Kyle Allen will get an opportunity to be a long-term factor, and it'll start making you wonder whether or not we're seeing the beginning of the end of the Cam Newton era 
Now, uh, Allen, again, great performance uh, against the Cardinals, but you're certainly not going to plug him in there on the road against the Texas defense now that J.J. Watt is starting to get his, uh, starting to get his groove back. Yeah, um, that still could turn into somewhat of a shootout. If you get McCaffrey going in that game, a couple, but he can break any big run. Uh, they could see them hanging around for a little while, and that would that just means more points for for Hopkins and 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 Fuller and Watson and the whole the whole whole gang. Oh, interesting matchup! Uh, the Patriots and the Bills, a couple three and O's. You know, one you figured would be, the other one is okay, a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, you'll plug Tom Brady in maybe as a GPP. You know, he was seventy eight hundred last week at FanDuel. 6,600 at DraftKings. Will there be some hesitation, especially with him being on the road against the Bills' defense that has played pretty solid so far this season? Yeah, Brady makes for an interesting contrarian play. I don't see a lot of ownership going his way. Uh, We'll see what happens with Julian Edelman. I know that chest injury, uh, the the MRI came back negative, but there's still some concern there. Uh, I guess the issue is he's still got a lot of really good receivers. Um, James White should be back this week after the birth of his child. Uh, and Rex Burkhead's looked like the real deal is kind of like change of pace back. Josh Gordon, Philip Dorsett. Uh, we haven't seen much from Jacoby Myers yet, but that's going to happen too. Uh, it, it is. I, I think that, you know, again, I totally agree. He will be a contrarian play. The thing that does make him interesting is that even against a bad team like the Jets, Patriots only ran for 68 yards. You're starting to wonder, you know, where is the ground game uh, in New England? Uh, that means that you're probably going to see Brady go north to 35 passes in this one. A lot of them will probably be the short stuff to White and Burkhead kind of extended running plays. But Sonny Michelle you know, obviously has been a ghost, and that means that you're going to see a lot more Brady. Now, on the other side of things, you have uh, Josh Allen uh Interesting play there. I, you know, is he someone that you would consider uh, in a GPP? I think he might be more of a punt. You know, he's a high risk, high reward type ball player. Uh, one of those guys where you know he could complete fifty percent of his passes, but those fifty percent turn out to be big games, and you have to respect the rushing ability. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some of these Bills quarterbacks get into shootouts with the Patriots. Ryan Fitzpatrick was famous for that back in the day, um, especially at home. Uh, their offense tends to play a little bit better at home, and you know that that game does have some stacking ability. If you're gonna if you're gonna be multi-entering GPPs, I wouldn't mind throwing a Patriots Bill stack in there just for the heck of it. But we'll see what happens with Singletary. I, I'm not quite sure he's ready to come back yet. The only thing that worries me is the the backs just aren't that great, and the Patriots defensive line is solid. That could kind of force them into some some looks they don't want to get into. And we might we might see some more turnovers from Josh Allen this week. Oh, uh, yeah, the throw thirty six passes on Sunday to get past Cincinnati. Did have forty six yards rushing on uh, nine carries. Did have the uh, two point conversion uh, as well. Philip Rivers had a solid performance, but again, the Chargers found a way to uh, fall short against the Texans. They're surprising one and two, but they should get healthy considering the fact that they get the Dolphins on Sunday. That's every coach's dream. The offensive coordinator <laughs> is licking his chops right now. And this, you know, well, this could be a week to maybe switch off Allen and go to Mike Williams or one of these other guys. But I don't see that there's any way that they can 
stop Keenan Allen. He's just a one-man gang out there. He catches everything. He runs great routes. He he I, he had about 40-plus fantasy points on DK. So he won a lot of folks' money this past week, and you know maybe he's the ticket again this week. Yeah, you know, it would be a pretty interesting stack would be uh, going with Rivers, Austin Eckler, and uh, Keenan Allen. It might be expensive. It might force you to go a little cheaper, uh, you know, in some in some other positions. But that is a triplet that could really put you in a position to put uh, to get you some money. Yeah, Justin Jackson's got to consider, too, as a contrarian play because he got a few more carries. And he's useful around the goal line. The first two weeks, though, Eckler was getting all the goal line touches. So I think they might start mixing in Justin Jackson a little bit more. Interesting matchup out in Arizona when you look at the quarterback matchups. Yeah, it's kind of like a mirror image. Russell Wilson against, and the Seahawks heading into Arizona to take on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Murray you know, struggled a bit, a lot of attempts, but the yardage was not there on Sunday. Did he a couple of touchdowns, but uh, I think for the first time we saw Kyler Murray struggle a bit as a pro. Yeah, uh, this is shaping up to almost be like the game that Russell Wilson had against the Saints, except this time it might be Kyler Murray and some of that garbage time. I don't know if he's going to throw a touchdown pass in the final play of regulation like Russell Wilson did. I'm sure that won some people some money. That's a crazy <laughs> bad beat for other folks, too. If you're watching, if you don't have Russell Wilson and you're watching that go, Oh, he just keeps scoring. Oh, no, there's one more play. Oh, he threw a touchdown pass. That's the worst. But, hey, if you're on the right side of that, congratulations. Oh, I, I, I agree with you that it could be similar to that. Wilson threw the ball 50 times on Sunday, 406 yards, and had four touchdowns, two rushing, uh, two, re, uh, two uh, passing touchdowns. So yeah, I don't know if you're going to get 50 attempts out of uh, this week, but I can see him being somewhat. It could be a sneaky good play uh, in cash game format. I think he's a solid GPP, uh, but, but against this Cardinals defense that has been, you know, obviously has been suspect. They're 0-2-1. Uh, there could be an opportunity for Russell to put up some uh, pretty solid numbers this week. Yeah, uh, you have to really like what he's doing with both Lockett and Metcalf. Uh, David Moore had some had some targets finally come his way. And Disley is really solid. The Arizona Cardinals have been torn apart by opposing tight ends. So Disley paired with Wilson and one of those other one of those other receivers would make a really good stack. And you could run Daniel Johnson back on the other or David Johnson back on the other team. Because David Johnson's going to catch passes and you know we saw the Seahawks struggle to tr- struggle to contain Camara. See, uh, you know, you get Baltimore against Cleveland. Ravens are at home. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, not as good as a game he had in his first two weeks, but still pretty solid effort. On the other hand, you've got you've got Baker Mayfield in a situation where he has really got to start proving himself. You know, a flat performance on Sunday night. Eighteen of thirty-six, a buck ninety-five, and one touchdown. This has been a pretty disappointing Browns offense, save for the one big play you got out of Odell Beckham against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing some good stuff out of Nick Chubb. He's a really good runner. I think they should really be focusing more on getting Chubb the ball, especially as a receiver. He can catch the ball. Um, They need to get him in some space so he can do some stuff. Baker Mayfield, though, 
those those tweets about or those comments about Daniel Jones did not age well. That's the other thing I'm getting bombarded with is Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones memes. A lot of side-by-side comparisons. And <laughs> Mayfield does not look good. No, he has, you know, he has really struggled. And, uh, again, it's a case where it's the offensive line. And, uh, it's, and he's got to face a Ravens defensive line. And that is going to be a serious nightmare for him. Uh, I think that you can get uh, – Lamar Jackson, I think that the scoring will be there yet. You know, a good amount of yardage. We saw him run a little more than in the first than in the first two games uh, on Sunday. So I think that you could use Lamar Jackson. Good GPP option here in a game. I think that the Ravens will be able to put some points on the Browns. Yeah, and you know, Lamar Jackson's not a guy you need to have other Ravens and stacks with. You can just you can use Lamar Jackson as as a, as a one off. And then populate your lineup with other stuff. You could stack another game and just use Lamar Jackson, especially if you like the running backs in a contest. Um, Jackson can score 40 points all by himself. And that's because he's got great legs and because it's tough to tell who sometimes those touchdowns are going to go to. Uh, That's going to be a big challenge right there when you do consider you're putting him in a stack. Uh, you know, you never know. You just have no idea who that uh, guy is going to be. 22 of 43, the accuracy wasn't there. 267 uh, did not get in the end zone with scoring pass, uh, but he did run for 46 yards. Uh, again, I think that you'll see a rebound. I think the yardage will be there. It'll probably be in that 260, 275 range. I think you might see more rushing yards here uh, against the Browns. And I think that you're probably going to get a multi touchdown game out of him. Yeah, I agree. I think you you could see 75 rushing yards and 300 passing in this one. Oh, we'll take a look. One more game uh, before we go to the uh, waiver wire. Titans, Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan at home, usually good, but he's going to be facing a stout Titans defense. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of interest in this game. I don't think there's too many guys I like from it. The Titans do have a solid uh, def- solid secondary. I think they can, they're can. they probably going to focus most of that stuff on Julio Jones. The one thing from the Titans I noticed is that Adam Humphreys finally showed up. And, you know, Mariota could probably use him. He's a, he's a guy who on DraftKings can score a lot of points because he can pick up seven, eight catches and 80 yards and a touchdown. And be kind of a linchpin, a low, a low-owned uh, punt on DraftKings, and you know against the Falcons, they just lost Keanu Neal. I think me, you're going to maybe even see some Mariota, Humphreys, uh, mini stacks, and then maybe something coming back with the Falcons. Ridley completely bonked last week, uh, <laughs> which ruined a couple of my lineups. I had that was there was one lineup he scored like you know one one or two points, one or two fantasy points. And I had, you know, everybody else was solid from, you know, it was like one of those Keenan Allen, uh, Kyle Allen, uh, every, you know, all these guys. And, and then Ridley was my one guy that, that hurt oh. me. So. Oh, the apple that spoils the whole damn cart. That's <laughs> always the thing that kills you. Oh, we'll go to uh, the waiver wire. Obviously, the one guy uh, that we should be looking at. You know, we touched on him earlier. Daniel Jones of the Giants is probably going to be a hot ad. Uh, Jordan Atkins uh, up to Texas is probably going to be a bit of an ad as well. Probably in more deeper leagues, 
This is a guy that was owned in less than 1% of leagues uh, going into this week, but all of a sudden, you know, uh, he gets three of five targets, 73 yards, two touchdowns. So you add that with Darren Fell, six, uh, five of six targets, 49 yards. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how those guys get a timeshare. Yeah, Aikens really seems like the higher upside play, um, but he's still boomer bust. I mean, we he had three catches, two of them were touchdowns. Now, I don't come from that that old school where people are like, well, if you throw out the touchdowns, you had a terrible day. You can't throw out the touchdowns. No. The touchdowns are like big play, big game-breaking ability is great. We want that in our players, so it's not something to worry about. But you do have to realize that it carries an inherent risk, that if he doesn't get that big touchdown, he's probably not going to have 20 points. Oh, it's similar to uh, what owners of Jeffrey Wilson uh, will do. You know, Wilson's been a hot hand at the goal line uh, for uh, the 49ers the first couple of games of the season. Uh, He's been picked up significantly in a handful of leagues, and he's a touchdown-dependent guy, and that's obviously what you're going to see in Jordan in Aikens. Uh, Another tight end, uh, Dawson Knox. Uh, comes out of nowhere. Uh, he's again a guy that's low, uh, low bargain, but a guy that got three catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown uh, against the uh, Bengals on Sunday, and a guy that probably will have a bigger role uh, in this game against the Patriots on Sunday. Yeah, they're they're probably going to find different ways to use him. He didn't even add a nine-yard rush in Sunday's win, which is interesting because you don't see a lot of tight ends get those those carries. But it was really a bona fide breakout. I mean, he saw limited snaps in his first two games. The Bills really need a tight end to emerge as a viable option on this team. Um, he's worthy as a as a tight end too in deeper formats. Um, but that's going to change a little bit when Tyler Croft gets back to action. He's out with a foot injury, so when Tyler Croft comes back, it's going to be a little bit tougher. But for right now, Dawson Knox looks like a decent pickup and possibly a plug and play. Hey, a good plug and play. And as you mentioned, you know, he did get a carry. And you got to remember, in fact, this is a guy that ran four, five, seven uh, at the combine. So this is a guy who's got some athleticism. And it'll be interesting to see how they use him on Sunday. Do you get him in a situation where he gets some favorable matchups in a one-on-one and uh, gets uh, gets loose and perhaps, you know, score once again? Yeah, and you're going to have to get creative to beat the Patriots, even at home. A couple of other uh, receivers. You touched on one earlier. Uh, Adam Humphrey is becoming a little more involved uh, in the offense uh, with Tennessee at six catches, 93 yards on nine targets uh, in the win over Jacksonville. It looks like he is slowly but surely uh, becoming a favorite of Marcus Mariota. And when you get past uh, Delaney Walker, you know that favoritism is pretty wide open in the Tennessee receiving core. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like Humphreys. I like Kenny Stills as an addition. I mean, he's starting to see more targets. And with Antonio Brown going to New England, I think Philip Dorsett's got to be an option. I mean, he's really low owned, and in, in, he's like 5 to 15% owned in most fantasy leagues. And he's using the running game occasionally. He had a couple of carries, 12 yards on Sunday as well. He's a great ad. No, he will be. Uh, he certainly uh, will be a very uh, good add uh, to consider. Uh, you did mention, you know, I figured at some point in time you're going to see Jacoby Myers become a factor uh, in that New England passing game. It's not really a question of if he is, but when. Uh, obviously, uh, the one other guy that's going to get a lot of attention uh, is going to be Wayne Gallman out in New York uh, with 
the quad just stay quad Barkley out for up to eight weeks. Gallman becomes a guy, and as we were talking before the show, Gallman's a jack of all trades, master of none, but a guy that could give you, you know, he's a stat stuffer, uh, per se, a guy that can uh, really uh, rack up the points in a variety of ways. Yeah, Wayne Gallman's certainly a, a viable pickup, uh, you know, and even on that same team, a receiver who you might look for in your league to see if he's available is Golden Tate because Golden Tate's four-game suspension is almost up. The Giants' offense is going to be more pass-heavy with Jones under center and Barkley out. He's a proven versatile receiver. He's got great hands. He can go out of the slot, and he's still available in about half of fantasy leagues. This might be the last week to grab him. You know, he's not playing in week four, but he's going to have some wide receiver three, four value going in. PPR leagues especially. I mean, going into last season, he had 90 catches in like four out of those last five seasons. So, Golden Tate can still get it done. Uh, one uh, one other guy uh, is uh, uh, Penny uh, from uh, the Giants. Uh, Elijah Penny uh, only got two carries, three yards uh, on the season, but a guy that will probably get picked up, uh, especially in deeper leagues. Uh, with the injury to uh, with the injury to Bartley, I think it's really going to be a case of okay, if you're going after Penny, you're kind of hoping that Gallman kind of spits the bit and Penny gets an opportunity to get some touches. Yeah, you know it's crazy when you think back a couple of weeks prior to this. You know the Giants had Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, and those were their two fantasy options, and that was all you were talking about. Now they're this potent offense with myriad options. It's really it's crazy how a couple of weeks can change everything. Yeah, and, and one week, one uh, high ankle sprain, and the next thing you know, you know, the Giants go from a team that's just completely one-dimensional to, you know, the cool kids on the fantasy block. Yeah. Um, you know, a bunch of other cool kids on the fantasy block are these Kansas City running backs. Daryl Williams was touted as the starter during pregame warm-ups, ended up rushing nine times for 62 yards, and that went over the Ravens, and he added five catches for 47 yards. I mean, it was LaShawn McCoy who got the scores, but McCoy came out of the game. Williams saw a lot of work after McCoy tweaked his ankle injury. And, you know, that kind of leaves him in doubt for this week. We don't really know the status of Damian Williams. Daryl Williams is almost universally available out there, so he's another guy to grab as a speculative ad. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, I would also, you know, take a look at uh, Nelson Aguilar is probably going to be another guy, you know, despite, you know, the struggles with the fumble and a couple of drops. Uh, but it does look like Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson will both be out again uh, on Thursday night uh, against the pa- against the Packers. Miko Hartman uh, of the Chiefs is a guy who's starting to approach the 50 percentile uh, when it comes to uh, free agency. Frank Gore, you know, he could be a factor in that game against New England. You know, he uh, had 14 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown even gave you 13 yards receiving. Yeah, Gore, Gore, he just won't go away. And, you know, (laughs) this past week, I'll be honest, this past week may have been his ceiling, right, considering that the other guys that are coming back and everything. So that may be the high watermark for Frank Gore in, in, in 2019. And, who knows? But we've been trying to close the book on this guy for five years, and he refuses to go away. He's just hes just one of the most consistently solid running backs you've seen, and, and he's really – he's racking up the yardage. Yeah, yeah, he won't go away. It's kind of like, you know, he's the uh, football version of Julio Franco in the sense that, you know, you just keep thinking that, you know, he's going to eventually fade out, 
And it was like Julio just kept on giving you 285, 300, similar to what you're getting out of uh, uh, Howie Kendrick in Washington this season. You start thinking that the guy's going to go away, and the next thing you know, the guy's hitting over 500 over the month of September. Yeah, really, um, really some interesting. Uh, and now that I'm looking at this, there's really a lot of interesting ads this week. I mean, even even a guy like Tony Pollard. Tony yeah. Pollard, he got dropped in a bunch of uh, shallow formats after Zeke signed his deal. But he had 13 carries for 103 yards and a touchdown. Um, three catches, 25 yards. So he was used throughout the game. I mean, the bulk of his workload came in the second half. But Pollard's a must-own handcuff for Zeke owners. I don't, I mean, I don't think you should see that guy with under 50% ownership after a week where he scores like this. So um, if you're a Zeke owner and you've delayed it, you probably need to go get Pollard. Exactly, before you end up being held hostage by the guy who ends up taking him. And I'll tell you what, uh, when you look at uh, Pollard and the way the Cowboys are playing, it, it could be a case of where, you know, Pollard becomes an interesting X factor when you get the fantasy playoff time later in the season. Yeah, Pollard's going to definitely start getting more carries around that week. 9, 10, 11, when they, when they start, especially if they're kind of running away with that division, which who knows, they might, they might do that. And everybody else seems to have flaws, and the Cowboys are kind of starting to show that, that maybe they're not as bad defensively as everybody thought they, was, they were. And, you know, Amari Cooper has turned into, especially like in DFS, Amari Cooper's turned into like a cash game play every week now. He's so consistent. Yeah, uh, and the way that offense is working, you know, and they found they found a beautiful balance between getting the ball, getting Dak Prescott thirty attempts per game, and still finding ways to get Zeke the ball an ample amount of times. And yo, know, you mentioned the fact of uh, Tony Pollard; they still have uh, weapons like Randall Cobb uh, that will be used. You eventually will get Michael Gallup back in a few weeks. So this is a team that's you know more loaded offensively than you would have expected. You know, you knew that Cooper would be good, but we didn't think it'd be that good. You know what you're getting out of Zeke, but Dak Prescott, man, he has really continued uh, to be you know, a fantasy monster in the first three weeks of the season. I think that the, you know, having Jason Witten back with the team has helped. Uh, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be involved on in every play, but he's, he's throwing great blocks. Um, you know, we missed him last year. And he, he didn't do a very good job up in the Monday Night Football booth, so I'm glad he's back with the team. All right, let's go ahead and go call this uh, wrap. One last question before we get out of here. Who is the one player in week four that you're most interested in seeing? Who do you think is going to be the guy that we're going to be talking about uh, going into week five? Well, you know, last week it was Jacoby Brissett, and you, you – I don't know. I don't know why, but I'm gonna go right back to the well with Jacoby Brissett. I think we saw some really good stuff out of him last week. This could be again a four touchdown game for Jacoby Brissett. Uh, the Raiders are not a strong opponent. The Colts are are gonna go out there and run up the score. Let's go back to the well, Jacoby Brissett for the win. Yeah, you know I'm gonna go down the well with you as well. Uh, you know, there are a couple of other guys that I was sitting there thinking, but at the same time, you know, with Brissett, that matchup, they're at home against the bad Raiders secondary. And when you look at the fact that their linebackers have struggled against tight ends, yeah, I think I got to go with Brissett. I think he's going to give me about 285 and about three or four touchdowns. Yeah, and that would be great. At that price point, 
He's 5,400 on DraftKings. That lets you do a lot of really good stuff. I mean, it's he's 5,400 on DraftKings. So that puts him um, – Matt Stafford is more expensive on DraftKings next week. Matt Stafford wow. is more expensive. Go figure. And on that loony note, we'll go ahead and call it a wrap for Antonio Darkangelis. This is Brandon C. Williams. For the September 24th edition of Win Daily Sports, hit the site. Follow the guys here. Yo, Antonio's going to give you money tips. I'm going to give you money tips. We're all going to give you money tips. So if you are in the, you know, so if you need the long green in DFS, we are the site to go to. For again, Antonio, this is Brandon. We'll see you again next week.